0: Welcome back to the Connect the Dots podcast. Can you believe we are three quarters of the way to completing 100 podcasts in a row? This is amazing. I am really, really excited about it. I'm really proud of myself. uh, And I'm happy to have you joining me here on day 76 as we wrap up our conversation about the book, Divergent Mind, Thriving in a World That Wasn't Designed for You by Janara Naira Nirenberg. Before we go into into that piece, though, I do want to take a moment and acknowledge the loss of one of today's most iconic drummers. It was announced late last night that Taylor Hawkins had passed away. He was the drummer for the Foo Fighters. And prior to that, he'd been with Alanis Morissette. He's played with so many other people every interview I've ever seen with him, every picture I've ever seen, he seemed so full of life and like he never met a stranger. And I know that he will be missed by all that knew him personally and those that knew him through his music. I just want to say, may he rest in peace. And let's just remember to hug our loved ones, uh, tell them that we love them and, and cherish the times that we have with them. All right, let's get into the book, uh, Divergent Mind. When we left off on day 73, we were coming to the end of the introduction. And one of my favorite quotes uh, toward the end of the section is when she says, we are all different flavors of human. There is no one correct, right, or standard way to be. And I love that thought. It's like, you think about it, like when you go to get ice cream, and they have all of these different flavors, right? And there's not, you know, there's not one correct flavor, though many people will argue that. there is. But just, everybody has their preference, right? But what I'm saying is like, it's not just, we're not only offering vanilla. We're not only offering uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. We're not only offering whatever the mint one is that people love. And I don't, see, I'm not a mint. I'm not, I don't like the mint ice cream. Anyways, but you know, there's no one correct, right, or standard way to be. Right? They're all ice cream. They're all different flavors. And that's Okay. Because there's something a little bit for everybody. And, and I, so I love that thought, right? That we're all different flavors of human. And I've said it before on the episodes that we've done about this book. And in talking about neurodiversity and neurodivergent you know, individuals, they're not abnormal. They're just a different normal. Their normal is just different from yours. And that's Okay. And it's such a, a better place to come from if we if we come from and we look at these things in the way that, like, we're both normal people, but your normal is different than my normal. Um, and I shared with you on day 72, so it would have been part one, um, that, that I am going on this journey um, myself. Um, a lot of the reading that I've done, um, with, with this book, conversations that I've had, videos that I've watched, things that I've researched, um, a lot of things have just kind of come together for me and and kind of pointed to like, hey, maybe you should get tested um, for, for ADHD. So um, when I last left you off, I was talking about this metaphor of how it feels like, like I'm op- I've am i opened up a door and the room is completely dark and, and I don't know what's there, but I had turned on, like I had, I had turned on a little tea light, right? Because like I'd turn on a little electric tea light because I had asked my counselor about it. Should I get tested? And she said, yes. And so like my next step was, was calling to get an appointment and I had, um, uh, worked with a, a group that my insurance gives to help me find a, a doctor. And so I found a doctor. Um, I'm not scheduled for anything until later this year. Um, but so, so I'm going to continue to try to uh, find a, a doctor where I can get in sooner. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just starting to kind of maybe light a little light a candle, a little night light. you know, little by little. I'm, I'm finding you know, I'm lighting up this dark room, um, where, where I don't know what's, what's in here. Um, and so if you haven't listened to that episode where I talk about that in that's 72, um, uh, you know, I talk about like, it doesn't, for me, I'm not scared of what is in this room. I am, I am hopeful for whatever happens to simply learn more about myself and learn how I can be the best version of myself, how I can navigate some of the things that I go through and some of the things that I feel. And that's, um, you know, so it's, I'm not scared of the end of the journey. Um, You know, it's just that it's just that kind of like it's the dark room. It's I don't know what's there. So there, there's that little bit of like, well, what do I do? Um, and so what I what I have done, what I want to continue to do today in this podcast is I want to read a couple of the sections of the book um, and give you a little bit of commentary. So these are things that just really stuck out to me, um, and so I wanted to share them. And so this first one, I don't want a Wikipedia. Thank you, Kindle. Um, got these all highlighted on my Kindle, but this, this first section does still come from the introduction. Um, and then we move into a different, a different chapter, but, uh, she says, I wrote this book primarily to empower women who have a deep sense that they are different from the norm, but would have never in a million years think they have ADHD, Asperger's, or some other neurodivergent trait. That's me. Uh, How could they, since research has barely focused on them, that is, on women? This book is for the soon-to-be-known as neurodivergent women and their families, friends, colleagues, and all of the other people surrounding them. Being able to finally give a name to an experience is incredibly healing and liberating. Once these women realize who they are, and once the world embraces what makes them unique, perhaps we'll finally be able to utilize their strengths. Because it's not just about alleviating suffering, but the opportunity to improve our society as a whole. And I, I really related to that first sentence there where she talks about, you know, she wrote this book to empower women who, who feel like they're different from the norm, that we've never thought they had ADHD um, or another neurodivergent trait. I, 100%, it's never... It hasn't been something that's really ever crossed my mind until recently. Whereas could that explain some of the things that have been unexplainable in my past? So we're, we're going to work through this journey together. All right, let me jump to my next highlight. That is going to be in chapter three. Uh, so chapter three is about, let me get the name of this chapter here. No, come on, Kindle. There we go. Uh, This is the chapter Autism, Synesthesia, and ADHD. Um, And this is the first one. Sorry. I feel like I'm learning to use my Kindle for the first time today. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I'm like highlighting things and stuff. Okay, so she writes in here. What section is this in? I just want to make sure. Okay, this is in the ADHD section. Okay. She said, because so many girls and women with ADHD are smart in quotes, and have done well in school, they've flown under the diagnostic and research radars. Women with ADHD who have struggled for years with logistical challenges often develop a nagging sense of not being good enough, never being able to hit the mark at work or home, and they struggle with anxiety and depression. But many women with ADHD also use their gift for hyperfocusing to excel beyond their peers in writing, research, art, and other areas. Remember, despite what the words attention deficit imply, ADHD is not a deficit of attention, but rather a challenge of regulating it at will or on demand. People with ADHD often have too much attention, just not at the socially acceptable times or situations found in our highly regimented and structured societies. I like that she brings up the fact here that despite the words attention deficit, ADHD is not a deficit of attention, but rather a challenge in regulating attention, having control of your attention uh, where it goes and when it goes there. And I think that's when we when we go to the first part of this section. Again, this is one of those things that for me, reading it, listening to the book and it, again reading a lots of other things and re- apologies for the slight cut off there. Um, when you get a phone call and you're recording a podcast, it stops the recording whether you answer the phone or not. <laughs> Uh, but what I where I was going with this was, um, so going back to the beginning of this section where she talks about because so many girls and women with ADHD are smart and have done well in school, they fly under the radar, and I feel like if if this, you know, if I do end up being diagnosed with ADHD or uh, or some other neurodivergent. Um, you know, trait or, or disorder, whatever the case may be, I think that this is going to be one of the reasons why. Because I was, I was a very good student. Um, I was very much one that would do my homework. I struggled a bit with reading comprehension. Um, growing, you know, when I was, when I was little, um, I loved to read, but there were a lot of things like for school and stuff I would read but not quite comprehend. Um, and so I wouldn't do as well on tests. I'm a terrible test taker. Um, one of the reasons I loved my math teacher in high school, I had him um, my, uh, what years did I have him? I had him my uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade year. Uh, and he gave us math tests on Scantron's. So our math tests were multiple choice math test, even in geometry. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Moss. You are amazing. <laughs> um, but that helped me out so much because because then I you know it it just it helped me when I was testing to do that, and I was re- I was a really good math student. Math really always made sense to me, and I almost became a math teacher, and then I realized I didn't want to be a teacher. Uh bless you bless those of you who are teachers you're amazing um okay the next section um is this is still in chapter 3 right let me double check yeah we're still in chapter 3 um and she says that we're talk what is she talking about here this uh this section is called wake up call um and she says once um she's talking about like a young woman who has um, maybe with ADHD, um, they're more likely to have the inattentive type of ADHD and be prone to like daydreaming, but also hyper-focusing on one, one thing at a time. The ability, it says that is ha- to have the ability to zero in very intently on one thing at a time to the point of mastery, uh, with her ability to focus on books, assignments, and tests, she'll often excel in school. So teachers, parents, Doctors uh, will never consider that. But once she enters college or comes up against some a significant transition in her life whereby routine structures are taken away and she needs to depend on her executive functioning to navigate the logistical details of daily life that she never had to think about before, her experience changes dramatically. So, I I think for me, I can't remember which episode I talked about this on, but, you know, I said like, it it was like something switched when I, when I changed jobs, it it was like my last job where I had a a primary job and then I ran, you know, two other projects or three other projects, however many it was, three, four, depending on the day, (laughs) depending on what I was doing. Right. But I had so much on my plate. I was so overwhelmed with things that it was like when all of that went away and now I have one job and there are several parts to this job that I do, but I have like really one thing to focus on. It's like, there's this space. There's, there's all of this space in my head. And it's like, I don't know what to do with that. Right. But I'm still, you know, I'm I'm still a high achiever. I'm still over here getting stuff done. Still pushing myself, still, still doing all of these things. But I think maybe that was, that was part of a trigger for, for my brain and my body to be like, hey, hey, listen, there's something, there is something not right. Something is going on. So whatever that is, as, as I go through, you know, like I said, as I go through these, you know, tests and, and working with different doctors, as I figure this out, you know, it's, I'm trying to be mindful of what my body's telling me and make sure that I'm listening to it. Um, so the next little section says that women are often unaware that such pretending and mimicking is even happening. So I'm talking about kind of like where they're masking, right? They don't, we, you know, they uh, just make things happen. Right. and, but as they need more mental energy in more and more areas of life they begin to notice that it's harder and harder to keep up in formal former social situations or relationships it becomes clear that there has been a long standing disconnect between their actual inclinations and the ways in which they have acted out of social obligation the reason i highlighted this part was because it talks about needing more, more mental energy in more and more areas of life and noticing that it's harder and harder to keep up in social, in former, former social situations and relationships. I used to be like when Jay and I started dating, of course, I mean, I was much younger. I was in my mid twenties. (laughs) So, you know, I feel like I had much more energy then too, but you know i was going out to every gig i was you know i was always part of that kind of like scene right like going out to watch him play hanging out with the friends um and then it's just been like over the last couple of years some of it was, you know, Hey, I've seen your band a bunch or, and there's no other of the wives going. And so I don't have anybody to sit with. I don't really, some of the places he would play, I didn't really want to be by myself, you know, so that was some of it. But I know that there have also been several times where just, just I'm exhausted. I'm just mentally exhausted. I can't, I can't think about going anywhere. Um, there's uh, something that happens sometimes where will you know it'll be in the evening and, and maybe he's working on a video or something and I'm watching one of my television shows and, and he'll go to bed and I'll be like, I'm just going to watch the rest of this show. Full intentions, mind you, I always have full intentions of after that show ends, I'm going to go to bed because I know that I need to go to bed. I know as an adult that I cannot stay up late and and really expect to function at a high level the next day, but yet I finished that one episode and instead of going to bed, it's like I can't cut it off. Like I can't shut my mind off. I just watch and I watch and I watch until they're all done or until it's two in the morning there and there have been nights that I haven't gone to bed at all. And I'll end up taking maybe a two-hour nap from like 7, 8, seven a.m. to nine a.m. Get up and go to work. And it's weird. I I can't explain. I can't explain it w- when this happens and why it happens, because it's like I don't I don't get tired. My mind doesn't shut off. So so these are questions that. I've just been rolling around in my brain. Like, why do these things happen to me? Like, is this normal? Uh, it doesn't feel like it's normal. Uh, you know, is this, is my normal a different normal <laughs> than, you know, than others? So, yeah, I'm just, the, the more and more I read, the more and more I research, the more I just really become fascinated with understanding more, whether it's understanding more because I'm one that, you know, I, I'm, I end up being diagnosed um, in this or it's just I want to understand more so I can understand others because that's part of being a leader. You know, that's part of one of the things, part of this podcast, right? Connect the Dots in general is just simply like becoming a better leader right figuring out how to um you know connect the dots with your career uh connect the dots in your community and connecting the dots back and forth and being a leader whether I end up again being diagnosed or not having a better understanding of how neurodivergent individuals work and the support they need and how I can be there for them is invaluable. And I wish having having worked at a company for six years, managing teams of individuals, four of those years being in a spot of managing um, college, people that were in college. Now, ages varied, but a majority of them were in their their mid you know early twenties mid twenties having a better understanding of questions that I could ask and ways that I could support um, support anybody that was that did have some neurodivergent trait or or condition or diagnosis. Man, I, I just think about how much. How much better of a manager and leader I could have been. Man. And so that's why he's sitting here at the age of 37, almost 38, that I'm still just, I'm still trying to learn. I'm still trying to become a better leader because there are still more people in my path to lead. And so if I can understand myself better and then understand how I can relate and support to others better. Then that helps me be a better leader. It helps me help other people in a better way. So, okay. I know I'm over my time today and it, cause it got split off and I know I'm at 11 minutes now and <laughs> I know I was already at like 10 minutes before. So, that's going to wrap it up for the, for the book. Unless I go back in and read some more of the book. Uh, cause as I was going through today, highlighting stuff, I was just like, I, I found myself just reading the book <laughs> again, like just going in and like going, Ooh, really? That's fascinating. <laughs> like uh, just over, just reading all the words again. Um, but we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow day 77. Um, I, I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about, but we'll figure it out. Um, cause I'm going to record, I gotta get a jump on some recordings, uh, here, um, today and tomorrow, uh, because we are, we are going to be on, uh, going out of town and, uh, on vacation for our anniversary. And while I don't mind recording podcasts, um, I'd really like to not worry about it while I'm on vacation. So, uh, I'm going to try to pre-batch some things and, uh, get those out to y'all, uh, as we go through the, uh, the, this next week. So, uh, we'll see who knows if I don't get to it, then it'll be every day live, every day <laughs> trying to get it done from Las Vegas. So, uh, but until tomorrow, uh, when, uh, I will be back again with another fun subject of some sort, uh, to talk about, uh, remember that you are loved and you are worthy and there are great things ahead for you in this life. If you trust and believe in the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Bye.